Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Hello everybody and welcome to an actual new podcast from Pop Collaborate and Listen. Sorry it's been a little while, Uh, we've kind of had a little hiatus over the summer, over lockdown, but it's just because we've been busy with other stuff. Uh, Me, Krista here, I have had to go back to work, obviously, my pub has reopened so we've been in the middle of that and Dave has been very busy promoting some comedy in the Warren at Brighton, he's got a, a load of late show gigs that he's been doing. But also, more importantly, he and his wife Jenny have had a little baby girl. So it has been kind of busy, as you can imagine. But uh, I figured that we should get something out for you lovely, lovely people. And so this episode is going to talk about In Excess's album, Welcome to Wherever You Are. Uh, this kind of brings us into sort of summer of 1992, which sort of means that we're actually cracking through that year pretty swiftly and we've only got a few left before it does finish and it's one that neither of us had really listened to at all before so this was brand new for both of us plenty to talk about because we both knew NXS obviously kind of just from their heyday the late 80s but this was a brand new album it wasn't their biggest success was it any good was it you know we wanted to know should it have been a bigger success should it have uh, been up there with kick and stuff like this but You'll get to that as it comes. Um, As I said, life is just a little bit busy for both of us at the minute, so we cannot guarantee that we're going to be getting an episode out every week. In fact, that's realistically not going to happen, but I do hope that we're going to have another episode in two weeks' time, and then hopefully another one after that in two weeks' time, etc. So we're going to try and get back on track a little bit, but it all depends on, you know, everything that's going on. If you do want to send Dave a message, you can find him on Twitter at Dave Fensom, or we're on Twitter at PCL Podcast, or you can always email the PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com email address. Uh, also, you can use those for getting in contact, saying hello anytime, and any feedback as well. It should be pointed out, actually, that this was recorded back in July of this summer. Which is why you'll hear us talking about stuff from that time. And also, it was done over Zoom, so the quality is... It is what it is. That's what you get. Anyway, that's enough from me. I hope everyone's well. I hope you enjoy this episode. We'll see you very soon. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Collaborate and listen, Krista, it has been a minute. It has been. How you been keeping, my friend? Ah, uh, yeah, all right, man. Just been uh, unspeakably busy and bored shitless. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play. The last time we uh, we did a recording was in the lovely sunniness of a pub garden a month ago or so when we did the orb. So we haven't actually seen each other since that, have we? 
Right, we are back here today to actually do a proper podcast recording. What album are we doing, Mr. We are doing uh, In Excess, Welcome to Wherever You Are. Yeah, and not In Excess X, as I prepared for, for our recording, which was supposed to be last Sunday. Indeed, yes, you said that you'd listened to that a good few times, you'd made lots of notes on it, you you knew it back to front. Knew it really, really well. Good, Um, good. Yeah, uh, do we have to do that one later on? No, 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 because it was 1990. This is not the 1992 one. Yeah, that's where I got it wrong. Yeah, uh, quite didn't didn't mind uh, didn't mind X. Thought that was uh, indeed. Was quite no, good. that is a good album. That, you see, I'm quite familiar with that one. I have heard that one before. I'd never heard this one. Uh, no, no. This this is one. Uh, this was number one on the 9th of August 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is their eighth album. You know, it's one of these yep. things. That you, you think. Kick was probably like their first or second, but no, Kick was their sixth album because they had loads of little ones in Australia before they got famous at all. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is their eighth album, eighth studio album. And where where are you on in excess in general? Then you, you're familiar with the last record, uh, yeah, with, with Kick. Exactly, I'm familiar with Kick and I'm familiar with X because they were both in my house when I was growing up. My stepdad was Australian. So you know, yeah. it, was, it was just by default. I think he would have been thrown out of Aussie club if he hadn't been into In Excess. And I really like those those uh, records. And if you think yeah. of if you think of the singles off those ones, right? Need You Tonight, Devil Inside, yeah. New Sensation, Never Tear Us Apart, Mystify, Suicide Blonde, Disappear. That yeah. is a strong run off two records. That is a big oh, singles band there. I absolutely agree with that. You know, I mean, I, I'm on record as believing, and I still believe that uh, "Like a Prayer" by Madonna is the greatest pop single of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you had to make me choose a challenger, it'd be "Need You Tonight." That's an amazing. That is. Oh, it's just a perfect fucking song, man. From start to finish, it's just a, yeah. a, you know what a fun song. Anytime that song comes on, I'm gonna feel like dancing to oh, it. Oh, it's, it's just brilliant. Exactly. It's got a, a real uh, funk swagger to it. It's got a brilliant just crisp drum beat Michael Hutchins is absolutely on form over the whole thing it's sexy it's a pop banger it's a brilliant song that is absolutely so you know I'm yeah with an excess absolutely stone cold classic singles band uh, yeah. you know liked Kick listened to X hadn't really listened to X before mm-hmm. quite enjoyed X gotta say uh-huh. uh, so yeah going into this one I was I was yeah, fairly excited to listen to it. Good, because you, you presumably as well hadn't heard it before. You hadn't, in 1992, had a little bit of a sojourn into this album at all. No, I've never heard this album. Nah, same as. I, I, I remember, remember, remember the single, that's it. Fine, okay. Uh, well, you know, other tiny little bit of background. Um, it was only number one for one week. Uh, there were five singles taken from it officially. One of them was only yeah. in the US and Japan. So it's still quite a few... Uh, you know the record company were pushing it quite hard and it was relatively well received by the critics um, it was praised for kind of experimentation and not just sounding like a, another X or kick but uh, because the band had been touring incessantly they didn't want to go out and tour loads more with this album and so the the marketing wasn't brilliant on it in the end and it didn't really hit the heights it got to number this is their only or their first number one album um Kick it got to nine, X it got to two. This was their first UK number one album, but it didn't stay there long, and it didn't uh, make much more of an impact after that week one thing. 
fair enough. And it is. It's a different sign. As we go through, it is a, a different sign to those albums. The, the band were obviously trying something new. Yeah, they certainly were. Yeah. Uh, let's find out how successful we thought that was, not shall we? Yes, uh, indeed. So let's have a look at the album cover. We always start with the album cover. We, yeah. It's a bit of a weird one, this, because there are three album covers for this. Oh, are there? I've, I've only looked at the one that's the cheeky red-faced lads. Yeah, I mean, that's the main one. That was the CD, but they did, a, they did one for the CD, one for the vinyl, one for the cassette. Okay. Three different album covers all a, a little bit like that where it's a kind of an, an old weird photo with the name of the album on the front in small letters but because that's another thing about the marketing because there's no uh, image of the band on there the name mm-hmm. name of the band is quite small and it's three different things so you don't get a cohesive marketing plan I suppose you, whenever you go into a shop you, you're seeing three different things you don't know it's the same record yeah. It's a weird choice, I think, that they went for that. Yeah, or maybe it's the choice of a band whose last two records were multi-platinum and they don't really give a fuck. Well, this is it. I suspect there's so much of this album is um, someone had probably gone, are you sure you want to do that? You know, Are you sure you want that to be the sound? Or you want that to be the image? And they've gone, by the way, we're in excess and look at our track record, you can fuck off. What, what are you yeah. going to do? You're not going to say no. Yeah, certainly a, a band that have got an awful lot of, uh, wielding a lot of power and influence. For sure, point. absolutely. But the main uh, one is the one that you've seen, which is those three kind of cheeky chappies. I think it's actually, I read somewhere, it's three kind of Southern Irish lads in a, a Boy Scouts thing or a, maybe a... Boys Brigade. Boys Brigade, yeah, that sort of thing. It's, it, it's a yeah. bit strange. Who knows? It doesn't scream rock and roll album to me, anyway. Were you ever in the Scouts, Christopher? I was, mate. I was in the... Actually, no, I was in the Cubs. I never made it to the Scouts because, you know, with, with the circus and stuff going on, I yeah. just didn't have the time. Yeah, fair it's, enough. You know, mate, it, being it's, a carny. It's a common thing. <laughs> Out picking pockets on the Victorian streets. <laughs> exactly, mate. So I never made yeah. the Scouts. It's disappointing, I'm sure. I, I, I was never in either. No, not at all. joiner in that way. No, fuck that shit. Fuck that. I, I was briefly a member of a uh, of a church-based Friday night youth club called the Good News Gang. Oh, amazing! Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> they they, uh, they locked me in with the promise of free Return of the Jedi stickers, which I never received. Oh, those bastards! I did win a book of the story of David for reciting a psalm. <laughs> Was it just like your story? Yeah, the story of David. It was just like, oh, young, young man born, devastatingly handsome, <laughs> pimping <ain't> easy, the <laughs> end. Amen. Amen. Right, fuck it. Anyway, let's, uh, should we listen to the first track of this motherfucking album? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, track number one is called Questions. Well, there's... Uh... There's, there's some quality, a bit of an Eastern feel vibe going yeah. on. I was going to say, it's been a long time and we're straight in with our old friend. Yep. A bit of an Eastern feel. <laughs> bit of tabla. Yeah, I mean, Sitar. there's a bit of fucking all sorts going on, man. Yep. Strange. It's like being at that fucking bloke from Cooler Shaker's bar mitzvah. <laughs> What's that little kind of weird keyboard horns as well that's not a nice sound no it's not a nice sound N- none of this sounds very good does it I'm very surprised at this because it's this is not what I expect from an XS first for no. start and it's definitely not what I expect for track one on an NXS album a new no I mean album. 
basically we've got a load of sounds that sounds like they've been picked up at a market that smells of incense. Yeah. Uh, and you just it kind of dribbles on like that for two two minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. And it's just a total non-entity of a track, isn't it? It is. And um, I'll be honest, I was actually quite glad that I could dismiss it because I, I want a strong opener. I've always said I want track one to grab me by the balls and hook me into the rest of the album. And this yeah. this isn't doing it. Oh, look at this no. this terrible dance beat as well. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that it's only a couple of minutes long makes me think that okay, they they're not taking this. They, they don't think this is a full song either. They they no, are, is it like an intro. It's an intro precisely, and on that basis, I can disregard it a lot easier than if it was a four minute epic or four minute epic a four minute proper tune. Because yeah, yeah this is pretty nonsense. No, I mean, you know, to be, I think it's the shortest track on the album. On an yeah. album that isn't loaded with long tracks. I mean, it's a forty-five minute album of twelve songs. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the average song length on here is about you know kind of three and a half to four minutes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it, I've got nothing to say on it. It's just a, a real kind of non-entity of a song. As yeah, I say. and you know, lyrically, it's all mystical bollocks, as as you'd expect from what you think it sounds like. You know, um, how can you stop when you don't know how to start? How can you go back when you don't know why you you're here? How can you see when your eyes begin to fade? All this sort of shit. Yeah, you know, obviously, Michael Hutchins, I'm gonna say, has probably done a ton of drugs by this point. He's an absolute mule of a drug man but why has he suddenly decided to to write something like this in 1992 yeah this has got kind of I'm bored of the world written all over it I suppose yeah it's a bit um, Jim Morrison as well is is he starting to think he is you know the sex lizard goddess or the messiah that's what it's thing well you could forgive him for thinking he was he was a particularly attractive man oh god yeah we all would have obviously oh yeah without a doubt mate i would, I would straight up almost definitely almost definitely go gay yeah for for michael hutchins yeah no two ways about it what a beautiful man he was anyway so look that's that's questions let's not give it any more time unless you've got anything particularly to add no no i, I it's another one where i wondered if uh, maybe the beatles albums only arrived in australia in 1991 and Suddenly they they went. Oh, I see. This is music, but no, nothing Let else. Let me but. take you down under. <laughs> exactly. Now nah, I've got fuck all else on that. It's it's uh, all right. whimsical and brief, thankfully, but that's all. Should we do a track number two then, which is called Heaven Sent? Right. Okay. All right, that's more like a kind of a a rock guitar riff that I would expect from the band. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's... Here it comes. This is... I mean, we're in pub rock territory here, aren't we? I have the exact same phrase, pub rock. Yep. This is... Like, to me, you know, it, it kind of starts off with this kind of... You know, kind of some status quo meets uh, punk rock. Mm-hmm. It's got a very, very bog standard, this kind of backbeat following that through. Sure. Michael Hutchins is utterly anonymous on this song. Well, I don't Completely. think he sounds like himself in this. No, it just, it just there's just no personality in the delivery at all. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, not something is, you know, you can never accuse Michael Hutchins of not having personality. Oh God, no. It's, you know, it, it just sounds like a very, very bog standard pub rock song that your mate's dad's band might play. A midnight oil B side. Yeah, three minutes sixteen long. Uh huh. 
Feel, feels longer when you listen to it. Right. <laughs> and this was the first single as well. This was the one they went, everyone's going to love this one. This is dull as ditch water, this song. Yeah. I mean, even, even when you get this little kind of semi-nice little keyboard lilt underneath it, it's not enough, you know? Nothing, there's not enough of anything and too much of everything else. Yeah, and this is my issue, I think, with the the direction the band were trying to go because um, they got a new producer to work with on this one specifically because they wanted to make what they would consider a kind of a grittier and dirtier album with more distortion and this sort of stuff as opposed to what they have been doing I'm not well known for but it doesn't sound to me like they are a band who are comfortable with that style no it doesn't translate at all they don't it, yeah, if they're going on a journey at any point, it doesn't feel like they're they're finding any answers. It doesn't seem like they're taking a fun route or a, yeah. a, a, a route that it's worth hanging around for the journey for. And you know, these are still short songs, and it feels like what they've what they've chopped out of the first two are like hooks, choruses, yeah, the moments that are really fucking great in all of the other in excess songs that we've already mentioned, the bits that you remember afterwards exactly. yeah and th- th- there's not that for me in this i i if they wanted to go for whatever this uh new version of in excess that they're, that they're trying to do i have no issue with them trying it no problem go for it but there is that's not an excuse to skimp on writing a tune write a tune and then mess around with how it sounds but they've missed the first bit on that yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, that's a another dull fucking track for me. Yeah, it, it's like if you played this to me in you know two months time, I'd probably go. I can't remember who this is. Is this some yeah, some kind of scuzzy indie band from the nineties? Yeah, it doesn't uh, stand out. Absolutely, it's just, it's weird lyrically as well. It's kind of there's a bit saying there's there, there's a woman and her love has saved him, given him new purpose. Right, and yeah. she is heaven sent. Which is, oh, that's a nice little sentiment. But then the last verse, for some reason, he starts talking about libraries in there, uh, which I don't get the connection. It's like, don't burn the library till you've read all the books. You know, it's Uh it's saying, okay, well, I I was going to go out in flames, but there's more to be done in life. Perhaps it's like that. But maybe he's also saying, don't get married until you fuck as many women as you can. Because, maybe, maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know. Because um, I reckon he tried his very hardest at that. He had a good go, didn't he? he yeah. Certainly, he certainly had a run at, at some bang times. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. This made me uh, wonder as well. Right. Ooh, that makes me wonder. Make me wonder. Uh, is this the the new sign they're going for, and why are they doing it? Is it just because they're unsatisfied with being bored and being in excess? I also thought. I wonder. Have they? seen what you two have done um, from going from the 80s into Actung Baby and having that kind of scuzzier sound and more interesting stuff and gone, I want to do that. I think there's a good chance of that. I think, you know, you, if you're if you're a big 80s band and you're at the top of your game, then there's got to be a thing of, we've got to change, we've got to change, we've got to do something new, otherwise people are going to get bored with this. Mm. And I think there's a, probably a real temptation to either... Just do the fucking thing that you've done until you're bored shitless of it, or to overcorrect your course to a massively high degree in some attempt to, like, you know, almost counterintuitively to go, oh, you know, try so hard to be different Mm. that you kind of lose track of what you're good at in the first place. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's the case, you know. I mean, you two did navigate that fantastically successfully so 
I mean, but had they, yeah, they only really, yeah, I suppose there'd, there'd have been enough time for them to see it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Acting Baby was 91, so that this is a year later. They have seen the effects of trying that new style and it being world-beating and people going, oh my God, you two are the coolest thing in the world again. But if you look at their touring schedule, man, up to the, they must have been exhausted making this record. Oh, they God, must of course. Have, I, I, they must have been fucked up making <laughs> doing this record. That's definitely true. Yeah. It, well, this is. I guess. Can you blame them if they're not fully on their game? Because they have been world beating since 1988 from Kick, and probably haven't stopped. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but there's a difference between not being world beating and being the first two tracks of this album. Well, true. Yeah. Anyway, right. Let's let's go for track three. Okay. Okay. Right. Track three. Communication. Okay, this is a bit more interesting. It's a little bit of radio noise. Yeah. Well, that's something else that they've done with this album is that each track blends into the next one somehow. Yep. Yeah. And here we go. This sounds like I Miss You by Blink-182. Oh, I see that, you think, yeah. You think it's going to break into that, uh, that drum boot. So we've got this kind of pounding bass. Uh-huh. Slightly heavier pounding bass. Yeah, it's got this whole kind of dance vibe. Mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, I, you know, right down here, it's kind of some first signs of life, maybe. Right. Yes, it's, it's definitely more spry. Yeah, you got these uplifting keys on the go. Yeah. And he's eased back on that vocal effect he's using in the last track as well. It's not as overblown. Yeah. And that's that riffs okay. Yeah, it's. It, yeah, it's all right. Some nice licks here and there. Yeah. You've got this kind of ponderously kind of spoken sample. But this is better. This is definitely better. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's not enough. This is the longest track on the album, 5 minutes 19. Yes, indeed. And that's and, unnecessary and, for this song. And ultimately, we've got what we're getting now. There's not enough in here to sustain the rest of it oh no yeah it doesn't do anything else apart from what it, we've just heard in the last minute if this had been preceded by two big singles and this is the third track and it sounded like this would be like okay yeah we've got the ease off album track sure it's okay yeah passable but it's not good no it's. I think this is better the best one so far but I've written this isn't, isn't more than a 7 out of 10 for me I think a 7 would be very much pushing it a 6 top line for me right fair enough and uh, in terms of what it's about, it's a bit on the nose, really. It's called communication, and it really is about the perils of TV and you know attention-grabbing channels turning us into mindless zombies, that sort of stuff, which you know has been said more often than I'd want it to be, and usually better than this. Yeah. You know, the, the opening lines on each verse are, are kind of communication, disinformation, so entertaining, blood money, blood money. They feel very much like the kind of lyrics that someone that's had two months to write them and has done them in the cab on the way to the studio. Sure. And, and it's also something that you 2 would do on their next album, I guess. It's the, the whole Zoo TV thing. The, yeah, the TV stuff. I'll tell you what this did remind me of. Uh, do you know that fucking dreadful song that Corey Feldman did 
um, called Ascension Millennium. Oh God! I've, yeah, I saw, I remember him dancing to. Yeah, and the video is him waking up in his mansion in his you know bed of silk sheets next to a supermodel, and he gets up and he he kind of looks in the mirror and does his hair and walks down the stairs, and there's just you know hot supermodels everywhere, and he walks into this garden where there's a big pool and there's a huge party going on. And, and the entire time, he's singing this song, Ascension Millennium. And it's, Ascension Millennium. And it's one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. Just because of the way that uh, Michael Hutchins is saying these things, that's kind of what it reminded me of. And so I went uh, and watched that video again, and it's fucking dreadful. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll link that up. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the sort of thing that if he had any friends, they would have said, oh, Corey, don't, don't put this on the internet, mate. Keep this just for yourself. But he's, he's a very messed up man. Right. Uh, anything else for communication? No. I, I'm i trying to be positive about this because I'm try- I want to like this album. I really want this NXS album to be wicked and one of these ones that I wish I'd got into before. So far, not so much. But, no, you know, uh, that's, fuck it. There's, there's yeah, five I, singles. We've only done one. Well, let's do track four then. Right. This one's called Taste It. Okay. And this was... The uh, the third UK single, let's put it like that, uh, okay. and it got to number twenty one in November of nineteen ninety. So this is another big single. Okay, so we've got a beat. Yeah, that's a oh oh hello. Harmonica. That's uh, quite quite the harmonica going on. Nice little bassline though. A funk bass. Oh, there we go. It's really aiming for a funky uh, feel to it with that bass and that beat. Yeah, it's so slexy, it's so slinky, it's sexy, it's kind of got a bit of a Nile Rogers. Sure, okay. I mean, the, 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 the dance beat is a bit too sterile, you know, machine for me. It's like someone has hit a button on a keyboard rather than a proper drummer. Yeah, I but, know what you mean. You know, this is, this is alright so far. You know, Michael's got the sexy voice. We like Michael's sexy voice. Yeah, and he really sounds like proper Michael Hutchins at this point. So I'm positive about this song so far. See, that lick is just a little bit too generic for me. And then, and I tell you what I never thought I'd say, I don't like that saxophone. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've written too much sax. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too much sax. How did this happen? Too much sax. Too much saxophone. Yeah. Too much saxophone, which I didn't think I'd be saying. That's what I've written down. Yeah. Uh, Now look, hmm. again, this is a better song than the previous three songs. This is the best song so far. But that's all I've got. Well, and also, it is because there is there is a a, a, more of a catchiness to it. Uh, There's there's more of a a proper in excess in excess in inverted commas. Tune, but it sounds like a watered-down version of an excess tune that I like. Yes, I think you're exactly right. It's again, it's like, oh, this is, oh, this is good. I like this one. This is the best one so far. But because the last three have been so shit, mm. this still doesn't breathe the same rarefied air as any of those uh, kind of greatest hits tracks. You know? Exactly. It's like if you said to Stiltskin, oh, look, would you go away and write an ad, uh, music for an ad based on Need You Tonight? They might come back with something like this. It's difficult because I, I don't think it's a terrible song, but it's certainly not good enough 
to save that first section of this record. No. I've made a note that if I was making a best of NXS, uh, one side yeah. of a 45-minute tape, I don't think this would make it on, you know? No, 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 no. You know? no absolutely not. Uh, I, there's no... It, uh, I, but even if... if uh, I can't remember how many others I, I listed off at the top. was about eight songs. If, even if, you know, they got to 40 minutes, let's say, or 35 minutes, yeah. and there was 10 minutes left... I don't think this would be one of the ones to sneak in at the end. No, no. I, I completely agree. This is it's just not good enough. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. It's passable. And like like the same with you. Whenever I first heard the the baseline coming in, I was like, oh, all right, there's a bit of life going on here. I like this. Yeah. I liked his vocals. But overall, and this is another well, another long one, and it didn't need to be. No, it's only three minutes twenty. Taste it. Oh, I'm thinking the video for this is five minutes long. That's what I watched the video as ah, well. Right. That oh you know, fucking hell the video for this this has a like a director's cut of the video which is five minutes long and has a load of stuff at the beginning and end on YouTube I watched it on YouTube and a little thing came up at the the beginning it said um, warning this contains sexual imagery do you want to proceed and I was like absolutely this of sounds course, yes. great I was pretty excited but um, yeah the sexual imagery turned out to be like one woman in her pants and some toe sucking I mean that was pretty racy back in 92 I guess it was I mean it wasn't that we're, we're, we're two years removed from fucking uh, Justify My Love at uh, that point yeah true enough we're only about three years away from the prodigy smack my bitch up <laughs> true enough uh, yeah, if, also if the warning had said warning this contains toe sucking do you want to proceed I'd be like actually pass no live with no no that's the no, no one even talks about that shit anymore. That was big for five minutes, along with chocolate body paint. I know. When it, it was it light bondage. Was it Prince Andrew as well? When whenever he uh, was going out with Fergie, the toe sucking, the sun oh. were all over that. I mean, yeah, it seems seems mild in, in <laughs> yeah, comparison, now, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's not so much the sun that's the problem. It's your daughter. Well, hey. She's underage. Yep. Hey. I'll tell you what else I don't like about this song. I don't like the way just before he says taste it every time everything else drops out and the his vocal comes right to the fore and then goes mm-hmm. back in I don't like that effect that kind of annoys me don't know why and, unless he's going you're one of my kind oh mate it's fucking every time that gets me a little yeah. bit wet but yeah. uh, I can't be dealing with him just going taste it to me I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm alright for, for that thanks Michael that's my that's my favourite thing I've heard through these headphones today. <laughs> Taste it! Yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't right. really care. Right, should we take a minute off and talk about some albums? Yes, let's do that. Okie dokie. I feel like because it's been ages since we've recorded a podcast, that must mean that loads have built up. But that's not really the way <laughs> the time works, is it? No, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But, yeah. but having said that, there actually are quite a few because what we've got here is told you the orb. The last one we did was number one in July. This wasn't number one till the 9th of August because in between Neil Diamond's greatest hits was number one for three weeks. So we do have a decent period of stuff to look at. We have got like a month's worth of of album releases to have a look at. But we'll start with the top ten in the week that this was actually number one. Uh, number ten is Nirvana's Nevermind. Is in there. Nice. Uh, number nine, Jim Reeves, the definitive Jim Reeves. I have no idea why that is at number nine. I don't know whether there was some TV thing of his life or if he was on an ad or whatever. Couldn't tell you. Maybe maybe Vic Reeves was on TV and people got confused. That could well be it. 
Could well be. It. Oh fuck! Hang on. What what week is are we in? August the ninth. Well, so we're in August ninety two, yep. and Nirvana has gone into the top ten again because they're about to headline Reading. Oh shit! That's exactly it. Yeah, the end of August they headline Reading, so there was a load of hype. They probably had a single out at some point as well. I don't think it's in the top ten there, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, it is. It's we've got a single on the way. Um, number eight is Enya with Shepherd Moons. Mm-hmm. That's not the one we did, is it? Yeah, that's what uh, we one did. What oh, the fuck is that? Back is it? Again? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't fucking know. That was forgettable. It would appear. Indeed. Um, number seven, uh, Lionel Richie's "Back to Front" is still there. His greatest hits. Uh, number six, Jimmy Nail "Growing Up in Public," which mm. I, I'm sure that is awful. I'm very glad that we never made number one. We not don't have to do it. I, I think the world needs more um, Geordie balladeers. Well, that's true. I can't think of any others. Robson and Jerome. Oh, Robson and Jerome Sting. Uh, number four, Neil Diamond's Greatest Hits. Like I say, it was number one for three weeks before this. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, fair enough, Neil Diamond being number one for three weeks in summertime. Again, I don't know what that was about. Uh, number three is Simply Red Stars. Still hanging around like a motherfucker. Still felching around. Yep. Uh, number two is Genesis We Can't Dance. Which, again, you know, this is six months on. It's fucking hell num- really back up is it... to number two what I mean people that bought albums were old people weren't they yeah. and when I say old people I mean people that are the age that we are now oh god I know uh, right I still wouldn't Ooh. have been buying that shit though the, the time period then I'm looking at for other album releases is July the 19th to August the 15th to bring us kind of up to date there so yeah about four weeks worth uh, there's some good bits there's some chaff as well Joe Satriani released The Extremist, uh, which nice. got to number 13 in the charts, which I'm relatively surprised mm. about, I must admit. Uh, the Kitchens of Distinction released The Death of Cool, mm. which got to number 72. And I'm only really including because I've always liked the name The Kitchens of Distinction as it for a band. Well, <laughs> that, that, that fits neatly into the pocket right up there with the Sultans of Ping FC well indeed in a, in a, in a filing cabinet that I call the fuck off filing cabinet <laughs> <laughs> very nice um, speaking of, of people to put in that cabinet Morrissey released Your Arsenal uh, which got to number <sighs> four in, in that mm. week uh, Motorhead released March or Die got to number 60 nice. only but uh, it's one of those ones like they were so I bet you their first album was what about 1979 1980 couldn't tell you it's around there I'm around sure that mark. this is therefore 13 years on let's say 12 or 13 years on and I'm going to guarantee that it sounds exactly the same as their first album oh yeah it's going to be their 13th or 14th album as well <laughs> yes well, that's very true <laughs> um, Sonic Youth released Dirty which got to number oh. 6 which is a brilliant album and that was one of the ones that really cemented that I liked this bit of Sonic Youth. Didn't like the, the bit in the 80s and mm-hmm. kind of went off them a bit in the late 90s. But this bit, the early 90s Sonic Youth is absolutely solid. Some brilliant stuff on those albums. Great. Very, stuff, yeah. very, very good. Uh, Lemonheads released It's a Shame About Ray, uh, which only got to number mm-hmm. 69 at this point. I have a feeling they re-released that. I think they probably released it the following year after Mrs. Robinson and stuff like that. And I bet yeah. it got higher because there's no way that only got to number 69. Uh, yeah, I watched the episode of the Goldbergs. Uh, oh, yeah. With uh, Evan Dando in it because he? he was uh, 
he, he tried out to be in uh, the, the Sisters Band oh. and, and uh, then went on to form the Lemonheads. I see. Oh, well, uh, there you go. They, I, I mean, fair enough. I suspect even if you um, have no truck with the Lemonheads music, I reckon Evan Dam was probably an all right bloke. No, no real frame of reference, really. Yeah. And I never really liked the Lemonheads here. No, I wouldn't have put they, them in your. The piss out of me. Yeah. Um, well, Ministry released Psalm sixty nine uh, in this that's period. That's a fucking great record. That got man. to number thirty three in the UK charts, which again is higher that's than my, I thought. That's my favourite Ministry record, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Did, say were so. you aware of that at the time? What of that record? Yeah. Uh, I was aware of it in nineteen ninety two, but um, probably not until. Uh, like November 92 oh, no, okay. but, November. but still that's pretty close to release that's fair enough yeah I mean I, I got into Ministry when I got to sixth form yeah I fucking yeah Ministry one of the band you know there were a load of metal bands that I got into and a load of grunge bands when I got you know and Ministry were right up there Psalm 69 is such that was a massive record for me yeah I played the living shit out of that man yeah I mean, you got so many good tracks in there like you know Jesus Built My Hot Rod sure. Just One Fix um, New World Order on that yeah, New World Orders on there. Yeah. To turn right, to turn right, to turn right. Oh, so good, man. Yeah. I, I, I love that entire record. That very, I See, I never listened to the album at that point. I had the single of Jesus Built My Hot Rod. I remember I bought the 12-inch of that because it got played in the indie club that I went to back in Belfast. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is very fun. Bought the 12-inch and then just kind of forgot about it. Not, well, or just didn't investigate any further because I didn't like it enough that I wanted, I was like, I want to hear everything else this band has done. And whenever yeah. I did hear, I guess, probably New World Order would have been also played in the clubs. I was like, okay, I get it. That's what they do. I never really uh, pursued it any further than that until a couple of years later. When, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good record. album. Great record. Listen to that. Loads. I still, I still go back to that sometimes, actually. Oh, yeah. It, do you still find it, it as angry as it was? Yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think it's a really kind of nihilistic kind of bleak mm. angry record yeah, um, yeah it was, it was like about the early 90s they did angry really really well sure and Al Jorgensen is just a miserable cunt so you can imagine oh, yeah, that He's, anything he does oh, is going to be angry imagine being related to Al Jorgensen <laughs> you'd fuck you it'd ruin every Christmas that wouldn't be it terrible absolutely terrible yeah let's let's not do presents yeah. this year we're fine yeah yeah well we, we give it oh another used needle out thank you <laughs> And this is this is your blood? Oh, some of it is. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Mm. Uh, right, House of Pain, the the first their self titled album came out uh, yep. this summer. Did you have that at the time? I mean, I had a copy of it. Yeah. I always thought it was what it absolutely is, which is a fucking watered down version of the Soul Assassin stuff. Sure. It's fine, you know. I mean, you can't fuck with jump around. You can't, you know. I, I enjoy, I enjoy that first House of Pain record. I enjoy some of the second House of Pain record, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not a classic. As an MC, you know, as an MC, Everlast was no be real, you know. Well, no, he wasn't even a funk doobie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, I tell you, the last couple of days I've been um, putting together the nineteen ninety three uh, spreadsheet for for mm-hmm. this and I've been going through each each uh, album and everything else that came out and that sort of thing and Funk Dubious popped up I was like fucking hell I had forgotten about these guys House of Pain bought Cypress Hill and Funk Dubious out with them did a, a, a European tour apparently got booed off stage on their Ireland gig oh really 
Fuck. Mm. <laughs> I think they. Uh, I think some of their comments about the IRA may have been uh, misjudged. Oh, I see. Oh God. Oh, is this <laughs> the one where they they said the wrong thing? Like because they were in the north or the south and they said it the wrong way around. It's something oh, like that. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember them getting fucking having to get bundled out by yeah, security or some shit. Oh dear. You know that kind of just misguided second generation shit where mm. you kind of overly simplify the politics because. Uh, because no one in your family's lived there for fucking 60 well, years. indeed. Indeed. Uh, another one that was out in this period was EPMD's Business Never Personal, which I'm going to assume is towards the end of EPMD's career from 1992. Well, it, I mean, it, it's not towards the end of their career, but it's certainly towards the end of... I mean, EPMD really have got two good albums, haven't they? They've got one great album. Where, where are you going for that? Strictly Business. Back in Business is a good record as well. Is it? I don't remember that well enough then, okay. But I'd imagine by this point they're just retreading the same ground, but not as well. Yeah, yes, I think that is fair. Mm. Parrish never stopped being a fucking great MC, but you know. But yeah, by 1992, I, I think their time had gone really, hadn't it? I would, I would call him your man Parrish. But really? that might, uh... <laughs> different. Uh, and nice, the last one indeed. I've made a note of is The Flaming Lips Hit to Death in the Future Head album mm. which it wasn't the first album of theirs that i heard i don't think as far as i remember in a priest driven ambulance was the 1991 and right. then this was 92 i think i heard priest driven ambulance first and then this and then transmissions and those three albums anyway this is what i'm trying to say this those three albums i thought were absolutely fantastic loved them Loved the whole sound that they came out with, even when they, they were a little bit wacky with the you know she don't use jelly stuff. It was it was fun rather than silly, but yeah. they turned into a band that I couldn't be bothered with. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I never really got into Flaming Lips until way way after the fact. The first Flaming Lips album that I really listened to was like Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robot. Gotcha. Okay. Which is, you know, uh, you know, I think recognised as a solid fucking return to form. And it's, you know, I still think of it as a great record. Right. But, you know, they're, they're not the same band by that point, are they? That was my issue, yeah. Because I, know, I didn't get on with that album because it didn't sound like the Flaming Lips that I liked and had got used to and got into. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah. I, I get that. I, I, it's weird. You, I mean, I, I've done that with other bands. Sure. And there's not really a lot you can do about it. It's, that's just a personal thing it is it is you know exactly had I not heard those other ones and someone played me Yoshimi I might have been totally blown away because it was widely fated but no it was the sort of thing I was like oh you've turned a corner here and made something completely different not for me but fair no enough, but, but this one enough. 1992 uh, Hit to Death in the Future Head is a great album I think I really enjoy that it's, it's weird it's psychedelic it's, it's kind of bit out there at times scuzzy and dirty but some good tunes going on as well I would be lying if I told you I had any kind of real relationship with it I've possibly heard it because uh, I've been around a lot of people playing Flaming Ro sure. Lips records because I'm a white man in my 40s <laughs> with an interest in alternative music Yes. so of course a friend probably with a beard has played it to me Quite. but yeah no I, d I don't have any lasting memories of it yeah Anything else? Anything else exciting around this time? Yeah, that's all I've got, mate. It's, it's it's not the best we've seen, but it's all right. There's there's some bits in there, you know. Sonic Youth, Ministry, uh, House of Pain to an extent. 
they're, yeah. they're big enough albums. Lemonhead, Shaved by Ray. That's a, mm-hmm. a nice little four-week patch, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm trying to remember if that House of Pain album got re-released, because I'm sure I remember not being able to get hold of it or something and my pal getting hold of it ah I wonder like in like September or October I, I, maybe I wonder if that happens that's possible because again Cause when I was going through the 1993 stuff uh, the singles uh, Jump Around and Shamrocks and Shenanigans both came up in 93 so it may yeah. well have been just soft released at this point I'm giving the proper push around those I think that might be the case. I'm not sure. Maybe Jump Around was released twice. I mean, you can't imagine Jump Around got released and did nothing, though. That's that's a died in the wall no, banger. No, that is true. I'm trying to remember if we see it at any point in this in 1992. I can't remember. It might pop up, but I, it definitely comes up in 1993 as a kind of a top 20 hit. So I'm, I'm guessing nice. that's when it was the biggest. Well, you mean that's, that, that that was the point that it was the cream of the crop and had risen to the top? There you are. It had risen to the uh, top 20, yes. Hark! Right, Hark. but that's all i got. That's all your albums. Yeah, all right. Well, should we go back into this In Excess album? Sure, okie dokie. Uh, the middle section, start with track five. This one's called Not Enough Time, which is a criticism of a lot of stews. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, that's been getting cut out. You can't. This, this one was the 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 sort of the US and Japan only single. So this this was a single, but not over here. Mm. That's a very bland nineties beat. Oh mate, this sounds like some uh, some soul pop, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I can imagine Wet 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 doing this. Uh, yeah, exactly. This feels very limp to me, straight away. Yeah, there's no spark. Yeah. I uh, tell you what this sounds like to me. Yeah. This sounds like a not very good Flight of the Concord song. <laughs> right. If they were uh, trying to make a, a sort of a croony ballad. Yeah. I don't mind this little bit of vocal. No, yeah, I, 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 put the chorus is, I put the chorus is nice, nice enough. Sure. Yeah, it definitely. I, I put the chorus is passable, <laughs> which is damning with faint praise. But overall, it's still there's no big tune, there's no life to this again. Uh, it is a bit one note dull. And these, these, there's like some vaguely house keyboards that come in yes. that were just so kind of weirdly out of place that it actually made me laugh here listen that's that's odd to me well there's the the keyboards um, and then there's uh, this diva yeah kind of wailing diva yeah and you know this song again is okay but like for a song that's called Not Enough Time, it, it sounds incomplete. <laughs> right. It sounds incomplete. The song goes on too long. Yeah. This kind of, you know, the kind of the, the, the long fade out where they start doing the kind of the diva like vocal trades. It's, it's, there's some nice moments in that, yeah. but I'm not really buying into the whole concept of it working here. No, it doesn't... It doesn't do enough to make to take this above uh, a, a pretty mediocre point. The thing is, like, look, look, Michael Hutchins has got some soul boy credentials. He has got 
Like, yeah. he, he does, but this is something I never thought I would find myself saying. It certainly not recorded and put it out. But it feels like at some points, when like particularly on this track, they're trying to go down into that route that, for example, simply read in habit. Oh, okay. And they don't do it close to well enough. Every time it feels like they're trying to inject a bit more funk and soul into what they're doing, I would always think of a f- uh, In Excess as a fairly funky, fairly soulful rock band. Sure. And it feels like whenever they try and inject it into whatever it is they're doing here, it gets further away from that right. than if they hadn't bothered doing it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. That may, that's not a very kind of complete reference I don't think but it's certainly what I feel from listening to it no I I get what you're saying it it sounds incomplete like you say this sounds like an unfinished demo really yes Uh, exactly that this is the first pass and someone's gone oh look I'm just going to play this keyboard and then we'll replace that with something better and uh, you know, we'll don't worry. We'll put a bit more uh, life in the the verse at some point. This is just for us to lay it down to get an idea, and then they've forgotten. The idea that someone's forgotten that that sums up how I feel so far. Five tracks in, mm. it, it does feel like the quality controls not there. Like people don't care as much about it, mm. or maybe everyone has everyone doesn't know what it is so just presumes that this is good enough Maybe. i don't know i wonder as well is it because they did get a different producer um and Maybe. it's it's not it's someone that they had worked with before but not since like 1983 on one of their early mm-hmm. albums and i wonder is it that because this new guy i think chris ortiz ortiz or something like that his name is he obviously hadn't done the big hit albums and so if he doesn't really know what they're going for or if he's just doing his own thing and the band aren't able to tell him what they want i don't know if that if that's an issue as well the producer i don't know the politics of uh, of control at this point how no. much say the record company still got you know record company is still paying the bills well, um, yeah sure and there's a weird line as well a line in this in the chorus um it just makes me cringe because michael hutchins like you say is a sexy man there's a lot of things he could say that would oh, get me yeah. into bed. Is this that I I know exactly where you're going? All the yeah. nights I want to be inside you. Ah, mate, don't don't say this ah, right now. That's hot. Ah, exactly. Ah, yeah. Unnecessary. And and the sort of thing that you know someone who isn't a sexy man might think that was a sexy thing to say, but you'd be wrong. Oh, I want to be inside you, love. Yeah, it's not nice. It's not good. It's not odd. No. It's not on. It's not good. Nah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not into it. No. Don't care for it. <laughs> I'm not into it. <laughs> no, Michael. I'm not into it. Stop it. It's not for me. You're not into me. Right. So let's do track number uh, six. Six. Right. Which is called All Around. Okay. Oh. Here we go. It's a big rocker. It is indeed. That looks. Oh, got some psychedelic stuff. And then some poppy, rocky yeah. stuff, I guess. Yeah, this is more pub rock, turned up to ten. And they've gone for the, the kind of distortion on the vocals again, and then the guitars, that thing, a bit more, a bit more aggro. Maybe they're trying to get into that grunge thing. I wondered that. I wonder if they've seen the lay of the land and gone, yeah, no, we're fucking rock, mate. Let's try a bit of that. I don't know. Mm. 
This is a solid album track, isn't it? It's fine. This is totally fine. That riff is a basic riff, but there's nothing wrong with a basic riff if it's catchy. It's all right. I, I, this is one of the ones that I initially, whenever I first heard, uh, listened through this album, initially went, oh, I don't know about this as well. This is just a bit nothing. But on repeated listens, I find myself kind of nodding along and, and getting into the, the main riff that they do. It, it's catchier. It, or it, it caught me by surprise that I was... Uh, letting it away. Don't get it what he's talking about, though. No, I couldn't. I listened to lyrics and I went, nah, I haven't got a fucking clue. No. It haven't got a clue. It sounds I'm... like there should be a message. From the way they're saying it and the kind of the stamps of the song, it sounds like there must be a message that he's trying to impart. Right. You would hope. It's not very but... clear, is it? Like the f- no. He talks about a man who buys a gun and kills some people. And yeah. the, then there's a, a woman who who tells the truth and goes to jail for it. Okay. Mm. Uh, but then he's like, I walked an empty street, proud to spill a tear, then came my shame, my fear to blame, the one and only. Like, what What have you gone for here? I don't get what you're saying. Who gives a fuck, basically? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. This is this is in the uh, the upper echelons of tracks on this record. Yeah, fine. It's, and it's okay. It's and this that's the thing. It's annoying when you're saying this is one of the better ones, and then we're also going. It's all right. It is. It is only all right though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh well. I got. I got nothing else, man. It's. It's got some nice licks. Solid track. Nothing special. That's totally. I've got. Totally. This is the their proper pub rock roots with this kind of new production value with the distortion on the vocals, etc. So it's kind of mixing those two worlds, and it does it okay. It does it totally fine, but. Once again, play me this again in, in two months' time. Couldn't tell you. No. Nah. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm not doing that to you. We're friends. Thanks, man. All right, let's do the next track. This one is Baby Don't Cry. Right. And so this one was uh, the second single. This is the one I remember. This is the one. Okay. So this is the highest charting one, but it still only got to number 20. Uh, but oh, okay. th- this was I, this is probably the bigger single. This is also... I remember when we put out on, uh, on Twitter, if anybody had thoughts on this album i think it was number one rerun podcast said that they remembered this single quite well but but, did, but didn't know i didn't know yeah, any of the rest of the album yeah but all right yes let's go for this bombast straight from the start yeah. this feels a bit more 80s tell you what this reminds me of a little bit go on uh, like second album Tears for Fears oh shit so in the seat yeah baby don't cry yeah fair enough is it this the uh, Australian Concert Orchestra the 60 piece oh, orchestra there well they're doing a very good job of sounding uh, alright yeah but this is I think this is a solid single. I get why it's a big single. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, the best song on this album. Oh, do you, I'm I, say. I don't think so. I, no. I think this is the best. I think this is the best song on the album. Right. Okay. But in the pantheon of in excess uh, hit singles, uh, this doesn't make the top ten. I don't think. Not at all. No. Now I think my my issues with it are. Partly, I think they're trying too hard to sound like this. They're going, right, fuck it, let's go big, let's get an orchestra. You know, and that, that, that to me is sometimes 
sort of a band's lazy way of making a big sound. They, they, this did not need an orchestra. You could have done this on a keyboard. For sure. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, but also, the, the song itself is about um, the, the guitarist Andrew Farris. I think he's a guitarist. It's about his daughter, Grace, who he missed when he was on tour, right? And if you read the lyrics, it does sound like it's written for a kid. It's, you know, sometimes you will fall. What are you going to do? Give your friend a call. It's this sort of it's nice, easygoing right. lyrics. But the refrain, the baby don't cry refrain, does not stop throughout the whole thing. Um, mm. It goes, that's the first thing you hear is the last thing you hear. And I counted how many times it said, and it's 57 times. 57 times? 57 times, which in a song uh, that is 4 minutes 45 means it's once every 5 seconds they say, baby, don't mm-hmm. cry. And that is too much. What is too much is the amount of effort you went into counting those songs. <laughs> I honestly did. And I'll tell you what I, I did first is I read the lyrics on a, on a website and counted how many times they wrote Baby Don't Cry. And I went, that's not enough. Because they'd written something like 42. And I went, it's more than 42. You've had a fucking lot of time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, I really time, have. So I did. I listened that's... to this and I counted up fucking 57 times. And... That is, it's, it's a simplistic, it's it's a basic yeah. thing, and I think that there's nothing else to this song apart from that. I mean, that's the bit of it I like. If you ask me what bit yeah. I like, I'm like, that, baby, don't cry. I see, right. I mean, that, it does kind of, it also does sound a little bit like cod reggae the more I'm listening to it. <laughs> there's a, there's a one, one bar drum break in the middle of it, which is, uh, a, that's a, a really nice little snippet, and that would make a great sample for a hip hop beat. Right. But the rest of the song can fuck off, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not as cold to this as you are, but right. I've got a feeling that in the last couple of sentences, you've said a few things that I'm not going to be able to unhear. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, you I should you w- watch the video as well it. for this, because that, that'll uh, send you one way or the other. Uh, it's like, Michael, there's this very, very Michael Hutchins uh, focused video. Some of the other ones yeah. where you see the whole band, um, but this is very focused on him, and he's wearing a variety of colours of very, very frilly shirts. Um, yeah. And I don't understand where he's got them made because none of them seem to have any buttons above the the belly button. So I, I'm, I can only guess that's a mistake. Um, <laughs> and at some point, he drapes a snake around himself, just in case oh, that, that you you weren't sure if you were supposed to be thinking about his dick or not. He, like. Big old snake, right? Uh, and but it, it's enough. really over the top, the the whole video. It's much like his dick. Well, quite. Uh, now this one, I understand it is very obviously catchy. It is, and I can hear it, you know, over and over. And every time I did listen to this album, I was like, oh yeah, this one straight away. But I got very tired of it very quickly. Fair enough. I haven't yet, but I probably haven't heard it as many times as you have. No, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I like that one. I, you know, it, it's at least it's got a fucking hook. That's the way I feel about that okay, song. Sure, sure, okay. And it, yeah, that's a balls out hook. Yeah. Okay, I get the criticism that that's all it's got. Yeah. But you know. Anyway, next track is called "Beautiful Girl." Okay, and "Beautiful Girl" was the final single uh, released from the album, so it was the the fourth stroke fifth single, February nineteen ninety three, and got to number twenty three. Eh, it's yeah. just that's okay for single number five, I guess. But it's, I it's, guess it's, so. it's, they didn't make any top ten singles on this album. Twenty was the no. highest they got. And you would imagine that with a fan base like they've got, mm. you've got a lot of people buying stuff for completism anyway. Totally, so yeah. So, you know, you would expect to be able to at least pull off one top ten single with your comeback track. I would have expected it, yeah. 
Sounds like baby bird, bird, you're gorgeous. Because yeah, you're gorgeous. I fucking hate that song as well. I fucking hate that song as well. And like this old timey keyboard. Yeah. Does nothing for me. That leaves me so cold. It sounds like a child learning the piano. Yeah, it, it, see what it sounds like. It sounds like a, like an early ringtone. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> One where you have to, you know, uh, dial up, phone up a, a premium rate line to get yes, sent to indeed. your phone. Oh, brilliant. But they're obviously they're going for more of kind of a soul vibe than some of the other songs. But this is insipid rubbish, isn't it? Oh, it's awful, yeah. And the lyrics are pretty problematic. Oh, I don't I'm not, I haven't got any notes about that. The lyrics, it says, beautiful girl, stay with me. Beautiful girl, stay with me. She wants to go home. Oh. Right. That sounds a bit like you're trapping someone in your house, Michael. Yeah, maybe just let her go, mate. And, he's, and then she, he's, he says, she's so scared, so very frightened. Anything could happen right here tonight. Yeah. Uh, this is a court case waiting to happen. It's what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be about I think uh, kind of a troubled teen homeless girl maybe that he's trying to help. Oh, it doesn't come across like that. No, it doesn't. It is what it is. You know, it's not. This isn't a bad, terrible song. There's some nice saxophone in it. <laughs> okay, this is where the saxophone does uh, like get itself back on track, I guess. The sure sax. Oh, lovely, yes. But you, you can hear with the, the kind of the organ in the background, it is trying for a bit of a soul, a 60s soul thing. So the sax works from that that way. But, uh, I, well, I say that, but there it is, and I'm not sure anymore. I can't believe this was a single, if I'm honest. No, neither can I. This is. Yeah. It's just not a standout at all, is it? It really isn't. Uh, you know, I couldn't even imagine them playing this live. I would have thought this is one of the ones they'd leave off their show. I can't see it being a single. Well, maybe the whole point they had is they were like, they got to the end of the second tour and they're like, God, we've got so many songs to play. We can't fit any more in the live set. Well, why don't we just do some shit on this next true, record? Yeah. But then we won't have to play any of them live. No one's going to be holding up a sign saying, Play Beautiful Girl! Not a chance. No, you're absolutely right. It leaves, yeah. leaves them just with their standard set. Okay, well that was the second four tracks. Yeah, disappointed. Uh, I was, I was hoping they were they were going to be better. If I'm honest. Definitely, definitely. I'm... I can't believe it's not better. <laughs> I know, mate. This is a real shame for me so far. Fair enough. You know, we're only we still got a third left to go. But I was very much hoping that I would uh, have get get more out of this one. Yeah, and, and come on, Krista. You know. You, Let's let's back off a second because if there's one thing we know about hit CDs from the nineties, yes. it's that very very many of them leave all of the best four <laughs> tracks till the last four tracks. Exactly. Of course. What am I thinking? It's a, exactly. a classic move on everyone's part. All right. Well, let's do let's do singles then, my friend. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So the week uh, once again is August the ninth to the fifteenth, nineteen ninety two. That. Uh, the week that this was number one so top 10 first one number 10 is the 1992 re-release of the smiths this charming man i can uh-huh. I, I can only assume there was a best of the smiths out at that point that would be the one that makes sense to me uh number nine and i love this tune this is a great uh early 90s dance tune I bet you know it. I don't know if you'll kind of know who it is or what it's called, but you'll absolutely recognise this, I'm sure. 
and it was re-released a variety of times over throughout the 90s as well in different mixes because it was a stalwart the ring bells you, you, you must have heard it I'm sure Exactly. That was it's one of those ones that is on every kind of dance compilation from that time, and you would have heard many, many times, but you wouldn't necessarily know who it was. Yeah, yeah, nice. fair enough. Okay, uh, so yeah, that was at number nine, number eight, and this is a really kind of cheesy pop tune, but I remember very much enjoying this uh, in the sort of way that you wouldn't admit to your cool friends, but. This is a very, very catchy tune. I think it takes a little while uh, to get into the main bit of it, but you've got that, that kind of beat at the start. Never heard this song before in my life. What is this? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Let me just see if I can skip to the, the chorus or something. I don't know if I've ever heard this song before. Oh, right. This sounds like at least five years too late to be released. It's nineteen ninety-two. This sounds like a nineteen eighty. <laughs> it is. It's. It's got that classic '80s ballad, but with the the '90s beat underneath it. No, not not uh, ringing bells at all. No, I don't think I've ever heard this song. Oh, fair enough. I don't, maybe it wasn't as popular as I remember it. Well, it was in the top ten. Uh, John Cicada, "Just Another Day." Oh, fair no. enough. That would have never, ne- would have never, ever, ever got that. Fair play, right? Uh, that's that's one just for me then. Uh, number seven. Uh, I haven't even got this on here because I can't be arsed. Luther Vandross and Janet Jackson, The Best Things in Life Are Free. Oh, yeah, you, I'd have got that one. You remember, yeah, you, you, exactly, you remember that. Best well. things in life are free. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one that you should get, number six. I can't remember which of her albums it's on. Album is around at this point. But yeah, I'll wager you were a fan of this song at the time. This used to be my Some bedtime stories, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I don't know. maybe not. Be my childhood dream. 
I never liked this song. Oh, did you not? Okay. Because you're a Madonna no, fan, I was like, well, maybe you did. No, I never, never loved this song, but yeah, it's a good song. I mean, I, I like it better in respect. And this was on the uh, League of My... This was a soundtrack song, which was on the... Uh, oh. the, 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 the What's the fucking Tom Hanks uh, female baseball song? Oh, League of Their Own. League of Their Own, yeah. Oh, is it from that? Well, there you go. That that would be why it wasn't a, on a, an obvious album that I remembered. Uh, okay, that's number six. Number five. This is a very weird one. I'm pretty sure this is featuring a very well-known actress on vocals. No, not the list. No, uh, basically they're kind of a production duo. Like Demon. No, it was not was. Was not. I was gonna fuck it. I was gonna say it sounds like was not uh, was earlier. It was not was. But I was like, nah, that's, that's pretty bullshit. Shit, shake your head. Uh, oh. Which I, th- I, th- Who's the guest I think it's Kim Basinger. Oh, fair I enough. I have a feeling that she's like an uncredited vocalist on this. Oh. Hmm. Weird. Very weird. Um, right, number four. You could not escape this one. Oh, this is the fucking, uh, yeah, the, the, the father of the virus. That is exactly him, Mr. Billy Ray Cyrus. Achy break. What are people in, I mean, I know people can say the same thing to me about hip-hop, but fucking what are people in England doing listening to this? What's wrong? Mate, we've already, you know, pontificated about the boot-scooting craze that swept the UK at this, this juncture. Yeah, that was the fucking big one. That was the probably the tipping point achy breaky heart if you know you couldn't consider it underground anymore because he broke through well like a fucking spot yeah, exactly there's <laughs> a pimple huge erupting zit of displeasure <laughs> in the anus of society <laughs> oh fuck um number three we've had before is jimmy nail ain't no doubt number two uh is for some reason, a re-release of Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Cabal, Barcelona. I'll tell you what, right? Mm-hmm. If I, if just, just, just moving back slightly, but uh-huh. if you were in No Doubt and you became aware of uh, Jimmy Nails, Ain't No Doubt, uh-huh. wouldn't you release a song called Ain't Jimmy Nails? I definitely would. I absolutely would. I reckon that could happen still. <laughs> they missed an absolute trick there. Fools. They really did, man. Fools. They could have really cashed in on that Jimmy Nail dollar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that huge US Jimmy Nail dollar that they were going for. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, number one is, uh, the same as last time, I think it is, Snap Rhythm as a Dancer. Yes. We've, we've had that before. But we've got we've got four four weeks worth of singles to look at in other uh, bits of the charts. Uh, let's see, you'll get this one, I'm sure. Because, again, it was everywhere at the time. I can't remember if she did any other songs. Like one of those ones that had a hit and fucked off again. Yeah, it's nice and gentle. Country pop. Singer songwritery. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. Oh, no, you, you absolutely know it. It's one of those ones that if you were putting together a. Uh, 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 one one side of a tape of kind of angsty female fronted singer songwriter from the nineties. 
Yeah, Sophie B. Hawkins. Sophie B. Hawkins. There you go, mate. Yeah, exactly. Took me, took me. Do you know the thing is, right? I was halfway through the first verse, and I was like, I bet this is Sophie B. Hawkins. Which damn wish we'd love it. No, that's too obvious. That's not. Oh right, yep. It absolutely was. Yeah. Also known as, you know, the one that isn't Meredith Brooks. That that's. Yeah. So Nirvana's Lithium was out at this point. It got to number eleven. So yeah, you. You're right that there was a hype. They probably released that for the Nirvana, uh, the Reading headline as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one that you won't know, but I'm going to play a little bit. Uh, the Charlatans released Tremolo Song, which uh, only got to number 44. It was, it was an EP, basically. Oh, I know. Only got to 44. Um, but it's, it's a nice little tune. It's, it's perfectly good Charlatans, you know. And that's, that's again, damning with faint praise. Yeah. Throwing Muses released the Firepile EP. Uh, we got to number forty-six, and I must admit I don't remember that EP. I kind of had the album that uh, it was from, I think, but I don't have that EP. Fishbone released Everyday Sunshine and Fight the uh-huh. Youth, and I don't remember that. Do you know that? Uh, I know Fight the Youth. Do you? Uh, okay. Fuck racism. Fight the Youth with the Poison Mind. I see. Um, right. But I was like, I had friends that were mad, mad, mad into Fishbone, yeah. and it never. I never quite got Fishbone in the way that maybe I could have done. Yeah, it didn't excite me. I don't me. know. I, yeah. No, I was never a big Fishbone fan. I, I like bits of it, um, but I never was a massive, massive fan. No, same as. And I, I kind of I wanted to like them because I knew they were very cool. I knew they were mm-hmm. influential and lots of other people that I liked to like them. But the stuff I heard didn't grab me at all. Very, very much how I feel yeah. about it as well. Yeah. Uh, so that got to number 60 the Fishbone track um, oh this one got to number 49 we've already mentioned it bit of ministry uh, NWI NWO there yes indeed got to number 49 which is probably where you'd expect a ministry single to, yes, to land in 1992 yeah. this one got to number 56 and you'll know it straight away oh my god becky okay, look oh yeah. my god, god. Yeah, indeed yeah yes hey sir mix a lot number 56 when baby got back and i i think i don't remember it at the time i remember it maybe the year after because I went over to the States at some point and it was all over MTV. I was like, I see, this is good fun. I I mean, to be honest, I think it is, I don't like that style. That that kind of Miami bass almost uh, style hip hop is not my thing at all. And if it wasn't so funny and silly, I would not like this song one bit. But it is. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you feel about the Sir Mix-a-Lot track on the uh, Judgment Night soundtrack? I think he's pretty bad. It's very bad. Yeah, exactly. No, he, he's not a good rapper. No, I mean, he must have made enough money from that song to sustain a life. Though. Oh, easily. You've got to think. Straight up easily. It was it was on every single hip-hop compilation uh, in, but I remember, throughout the 90s. And just surely in terms of radio play and video play and MTV, he'll have made packets off that and he must get paid well every time anaconda gets paid i bet you that's very true as well fucking hell so that yeah so that got number 56 uh this one we've we you know we've talked about this stuff off this album regularly but uh red hot chili peppers breaking the girl got to number 41 and you know again it's one of these ones that make you go this is a fucking great track 
this is a brilliant film. Really good. Really interestingly put together. All that stuff. Um, and then the last one that I have made a note of, um, you will get it straight away because he says it straight away. He says who he is and what it's called. Well, this has got to number 23 in the charts, this one. Shabba. Shabba ranks. Mr. Loverman. Shabba. This was two people though, isn't it? This is a. Uh, it features Maxi Priest. Uh, I've got um, on this. It says it features Chevelle Franklin, oh. but I don't know who that is. No, that could be anyone. Shabarang. Yeah, I never liked that song. I think that's crap. But I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of Raga. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. I mean, in in a kind of it makes me smile kind of way. Yeah. Shabba lover knows. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as well. I think that gets a re-release in '93 because I think I've seen that and putting it into various bits today or yesterday. Right. But there you go. That's that's uh, a few singles for you. Not so bad that one. Fair days, yeah. So in- interesting spread. Yeah. Interesting spread. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So well, let's let's get back into the the uh, welcome to wherever you are. Okay. Let's do this. Right, track number nine, Wishing Well. All right. Ooh. Oh, so we're, we're in funky town? We are. A little, little walking bass line going on. So for me, the way walking bass line goes, oh, okay, so we're, we're getting funky, but we're also in a kind of noir detective. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely that feel to it. It reminded me a little bit of uh, the bass line from Folk Implosion's Natural One. Oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, no, no. oh that's an amazing song, yeah. Yeah, yeah, brilliant tune that is. Um, yeah, so you know it's a uh, kind of slinky, sexy, mm-hmm. nice little high notes here and there. Mm-hmm. And there's again yeah. a bit more Hammond organ in there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that sound is. And it's weird this one. It's, this starts with the chorus. This song. I'll tell you what annoys me about this this chorus. They don't bother rhyming it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever want to taste it, go down to the wishing well. Poison in the well won't make it. Keep yourself as strong as can be. Yeah. Like, you've, you've rhymed lines one and three, and mm-hmm. you've got wishing well at the end of line two. That rhymes with a lot of things. Don't that? I don't know. But, but, hey, I'm not a songwriter. Well. But it, it is just meandering at this point now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's done all it's gonna do, and you're like, oh, is it gonna do anything else? Skip through to the track a little bit. Yeah. So it's just that it's it's just a nice little slinky kind of bit with a couple of nice moments in it. But I'm never gonna go. I know what I want to listen to. No. Oh, put on wishing just well. Never. Let's put that in a compilation. Absolutely. Let me put that in a no. That's the playlist. Thing. Never dog shit. No, that's no, not dog shit. But it's it's just not it's, good enough. It's, it's average to sub-average, and that's. An awful thing to say. Yeah, I mean that's exactly where we are. There's uh, as well the last words of this song are "I'm a healer, I'm a healer," and it just makes me think throughout the this song when he's talking about go down to the water, the wishing well. Is he actually starting to see himself as Jesus and this? Well, either either that or there is a popular breed of dog in Australia known as a blue healer. So perhaps he thinks he's a dog. Right, could be the case. Couldn't okay. Well, that's good to know. Thank you for that little factoid. 
How go. do you know that shit? Uh, there was a Australian soap opera called The Blue Healers, and I looked what? up why it was called that, and it was related to a type of dog. Okay. Uh, I also follow a number of corgi-based uh, Facebook pages. I bet you do. Uh, or I did when I was still on Facebook. And the Australian Shepherd... Uh, is in the Spitz family of dogs, and when people talk about Spitz, uh, sometimes healers are mentioned as well. Oh my god! So these are things that I just know. Fucking somehow. hell! That is osmosed its way into you. Is osmosed a verb now? Yeah. Well, it's osmosed into my brain. <laughs> yeah, done. Right. Fucking hell. Uh, well, no, I know that too, and I'm I'm slightly annoyed about it. Ah, uh, you probably forget it. Right. Here's the thing as well. Nine tracks in into the into the final furlong, and I'm still not feeling anything particularly exciting and i'm wondering maybe am i doing this album a disservice by comparing it to the older nxs stuff that i know and like is it only because i'm trying to hold it up to those those uh those limits that i'm disappointed like is this my fault no i don't think it is because i think that some of these songs show Threats of a better band underneath mm. it. These the, none of none of this stuff sounds finished. Right. This sounds like the early sessions on a record. This, if you're a pop band, mm. you're a pop band. If you're a pop band, you need to come up with pop singles. And this is an album without singles. I I, I haven't heard one thing that I, if I was the uh, the A and R guy at Mercury Records and they brought me this, I'd be scratching my head, going, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I thought of it like that as well, mm-hmm. and I thought. And no, it's just not got good enough songs on it. That's what it comes down to, you know. And I read some reviews, you know, kind of all music reviews and the shit like this. But it was all like user ones who'd written uh, their point of view. And realistically, if you're going to go online and write a review of this album, you're probably a fan. And so reading that, I was going, am I missing something? Because they were saying this is one of the best forgotten NXS albums and such and such a song is a classic and... I really wish they do. They did more like this. I'm going. I don't hear what you're hearing. I don't know what it was, man. No, but you know, let's think about some of the other albums that other people have made number one. People are fucking they idiots. They really are, aren't they? Yeah, true enough. Uh, right, right. Next. next track is called "Back Online." Okay, track number ten, which obviously in 1992 isn't about the internet. This sounds like a. Springsteen outtake that someone has passed through the Eastern flavour filter. <laughs> I like the filter. See, I like the sound of this one immediately more. I, I, I'm straight away. I'm like, oh, okay, this has got me a bit. I like that piano line as a hook. I'm not feeling that. Really? I'll, I'll come up with it. This is my favourite song on the album. Oh God, no! Yeah. Oh God, no! I, I, I just put. My, my notes for this are a bit more Eastern psychedelic, dull, just really quite dull. I see, right. Now, this is this does more for me than any other one. I like that hook. Um, the chorus is a bit kind of major key cheesiness, but the verses and the instrumentation on the rest of it, I, I do enjoy. Uh, I, I don't, it just feels like like an attempt to kind of do, you know, you know uh, the last track on the second... Chemical Brothers album, Psychedelic. Oh, it's like a real, real yeah, sure. It's got kind of a bit of that to it, but like just over a really kind of bog standard format. All right, no, I think this is catchy. I I got into this one. Uh, it's kind of got that 70s disco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What 
it's just all fucking <laughs> no substance to me. Seventies disco was probably still very big in uh, 1992 in Australia. No, I'd imagine so. It was just breaking. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, this is, you didn't get anything from this at all, then, no. Not really, I'm afraid, mate. I'm sorry. I wish I did. No, fair play. I wish I had more for you. Fair play. I it, I don't have much to say about it because I can't justify why I like it, but this is this is the one for me. I'm glad. And they, finally, got, track number I ten. I had they, they, they got something. Yeah, no, I just didn't get it, mate. Didn't get All it. Right. You got anything else to say on this? No, one? no, I don't. I, I must admit, I don't. I can't articulate any more about why. Just something about it was was the one for me. Okay, well, fair enough. I'm glad you liked mm. it, man. This is uh, this is a uh, strange desire. Okay. Oh, nice, nice, funky start. Uh huh. And let's face it, strange desires are pretty much Michael Hutchins' stock in trade, aren't they? Exactly. Right. He knows what he's talking about. Oh, there. This has got a kind of a house funk disco. It sounds like kind of it sounds fucking like death from above. Oh yeah. But there's some cheesy house piano. Now the, the drums and the percussion bit are, are pretty cool. And then it just dribbles out another non-song. Totally. Totally. I don't hear a tune is the issue again. There's nothing else happens, except that about three minutes in, there's a big saxophone solo. There really is a big saxophone solo. Which you, and, that, that, and, that and I'm not right. that excited about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to skip to the saxophone solo. There you go. Feeling that. Oh, it's pornographic. <laughs> not enough of it, though, really, no, is it? Uh, over before you start. And I don't like the way he's doing his vocals on this one. I'm not, I don't like no, the sound of that. And like we said, there's not much of a tune. There's, you know, again, it doesn't really go anywhere. This is a, a pretty dull song, a flat song, with a lot less... Filth than I was expecting from the title. I thought it'd be more. Yeah, it's a, it's a very fucking pedestrian vanilla song. It's just yeah. no fun. It's it's all right. It's not no. It's, it's got some bits in it, but it's just again, it's just not. You know, it's just not good enough. No, and what this absolutely sounds like is track eleven on a twelve-track album that has so far failed to inspire me. That's what this sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Oh. Right, well, shall we get into the last track on this For song? sure, right, number 12, Men and Women. Okay, so we've got this kind of portentous opening. Yeah. Going for this epic feel. Yeah, it's all a bit mystical again. It's a slow, sombre album closer. So I'm like, okay, where's this going to go? How big is this going to get? Mm. Once again, is he doing the Doors thing? Is he trying to do the Jim Morrison kind of the end? Well, it's very, very much sounds like the Doors here. Yeah. Clanging, clanging, doomy guitar. The clanging chimes of doom. Clanging chimes of doom. <laughs> Making my own mind up. Yeah, this is all a bit self-indulgent, this one. 
It is, right? And I'm going, okay, is this going to build? Is this going to build? And then we get to a chorus in a second. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the end of the chorus. I'm not going to fucking narrate this in real time, right? Yeah. We get to the end of the chorus, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to deliver at all, is it? And then we go through the same kind of build again. Yeah. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then, big cinematic swirls. Power fucking calls yep. coming. You know? And you're like, oh, wow, it's doing it. It's doing it. And then it just fucking fizzles out. And it's, you know what I mean? You're like, this is going to be great. Right. And then it isn't. Just like the rest of the fucking... <laughs> I see. Yeah, you're right. You could expect something different from the trajectory. But it doesn't... It, it, it goes back down again when it should go back up. Yeah. Exactly. It should. It should build and build and build and just go out on a fucking massive crescendo, and it doesn't. It, it builds. They've obviously they've got the orchestration in there, and you know it's it's a parlor trick. Yeah. It it doesn't really add anything. Um, and I, and it's just yeah, like I said, limps out. Yeah, and I don't understand what he's trying to say on this one either. Um, nah. He's talking about. Uh, what what this giving me the sham? What the fuck is he talking about? The people giving me the sham. What's your issue on this? And uh, uh, people have been distorting the truth and lying behind his back or something. I think giving me yeah, it's, it's selling you a lie. I think. Okay, all right. Well, again, fair enough. Why is it called men and women? Call it liars, or call it you know bad people or call it giving me the sham I don't understand why it's called men and women bizarre well yeah no. I mean, the thing is right I don't mind this one because it is bonkers and it's out there and it's different to the rest and like fine okay yeah. you do you that's not a problem it doesn't sound like what I expected them to finish this album with but then again track one didn't sound like what I expected them to open with yeah I mean, they, well I, I mean, this, this album to be honest with you this album just didn't sound like I expected it to no. um I expected it to be much better. Yeah, uh, I expected it to be tighter, uh, yeah. more, more. I mean, polished is not a nice word because it has negative inferences. If something is polished, it's not necessarily a good thing. But the previous albums they've done have been nicely polished, and they have sounded crisp yeah. and tight and and funky and sexy and all those good things. And this has done none of that for me. They sounded hungry as well. Yeah. They, like my, they don't sound hungry on this. Record no, it's true. It's laziness. All. Yeah. Yeah, I was really disappointed, and that's and, and that's kind of you know one of the the fatal things. You know, it's it, it promised a lot, delivered not very much. Yeah. Always feels like it's stuck in second gear, never really gets out of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've, you know, after to be honest with you, the only thing. I'm glad about about doing this album is that I made the mistake that I did and gave a good few listens to the much much better X records. Yeah. Um yep. because it you know it reminded me that you know if if I'd have gone into this I'd be like and we're in excess just shit. Uh, yeah, did and oh, I've just yeah. misremembered, you know. <laughs> but actually no, it's made me go, oh no, you know what? Cuz I was no kick pretty well. Yeah. Listen to X again. I was like, oh no, this is actually full of really good songs. Mm. Really good solid album songs that have stuck in my head as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. And this, you know, I mean, I even if if I expected this to not be a classic album, I expected there to be two or three songs on here that I liked. Exactly. I would have thought And there are. It should at least be the singles. Okay, that okay, that's a Banger, that's a banger. Shame about the other ten. Anyway, so we're gonna we've we got to mm. do a track for our playlist. We do, uh, and I'm gonna say it's only one track. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because this album doesn't deserve more. And 
I don't know how we're going to find a consensus on this because the one that you really like, I was utterly ambivalent about. Yeah. The one that I liked, you were angry about. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, exactly. You would go, baby, don't cry, and I didn't like that. I would go uh, back online. You wouldn't go that. Um, we could do. I mean, taste it isn't terrible. I mean, taste it. I think taste it is. Yeah, the closest I would get. Yeah. I think. I think taste it is probably. Uh, yeah, probably my second. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like an awful bit of fucking giving up to pick a song that we dislike so much, but our rules are we have to Left have one. one. Yeah, I would happily compromise for Taste It. I think that's what we're having to say yeah. here. I mean, it's it's either we compromise and we have a second best for each of us, or we flip a coin and we go with one of our favourite songs. Uh, yeah, but then the other but the other person really doesn't like it, yeah. Yeah, right, we'll, go with, we'll go with Taste we'll go with It. Fuck it. Fine. Oh, okay. There we go. All right, well, look, it's good to record again. Good to speak yeah, to you again, absolutely, Mr. Christopher. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, it's good to get back into it. We've only got one, two, three, four more before the end of 1992. So That's crazy, we are approaching the end of this season as well. The end is nigh oh, of 1992, yeah, absolutely. and we've got 1993 to go. Well, we'll, we'll have end of year specials and shit like we that. We will, I'm sure. and there, I'm there are some towards the end of the year that I have a feeling you th- might have said you wanted to do specials on. So that, that might happen as well. Yeah, thank you so much for joining in, listening. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll try and get the socials fucking running at some point. I, you know, fucking. This is a hobby. Life gets in the way. Um, our quiz will be back at some point. Uh, thank you for everyone that uh, got involved with the quiz during lockdown. Mm. Uh, whether we did 16 of them in the end. Yeah, um, they, were, they were great fun. And they were really, really good fun. I guess that's it from us. We'll try and get ourselves back on a more semi-regular schedule moving forward. Uh-huh. Take it easy. We'll see you as soon as we can. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.